Welcome to worship with Paisley St George's. Welcome whether you are worshipping in person or online. Welcome whether this is your first time with us or your 1,001st time. Take a moment to say hello to the folks around you, especially if you don't know one another. Say hello and I'll wave to those online. Now, as this is Ice Cream Sunday, our youngsters will be joining us later on. The intimations are mainly in the order of service. The Guild resumes its weekly meetings next Monday, the 5th of February, but they've advanced notice of their annual concert on Saturday, the 17th of February, in the afternoon. The guests at this concert are Renfrew Ladies Choir and the Clyde Bank Male Voice Choir. Tickets are available from the committee members. The Friendlier meets this Tuesday, the 30th of January, to have a beetle drive. Always very popular. I hope not the source of great contention, but sometimes, who knows? Men's breakfast, bring a pal breakfast, will be held on Saturday, the 3rd of February at 9.30. Come along, enjoy good company and a food-filling breakfast. The men's breakfast will be hosting a ladies' breakfast on Saturday, the 24th of February. Tickets are on sale now at the tea bar, so get in there if you want to be at that breakfast. Tickets go well for that. Learning Together meets Wednesday, 10 till 12 at the Outreach Centre. Knitting, crochet, crafts and a cuppa. We are looking for volunteers to help with the school's programme Easter Code. Easter Code will be held on Thursday the 14th of March with set up the day before. If you'd like to help or just find out a wee bit more before you commit, please speak to Moira Campbell or Jennifer Nichols. Thank you. Articles for inclusion in the next edition of News from the Pews should be emailed to Irene Gemmell no later than next Sunday. Contributions and new content from any individual or organisation would be welcomed by our readers. As always, tea and coffee will be served after worship in the large hall. If you don't know where that is, through the door to my right, turn right, and then, unless you're first out, follow the noise. And finally, the funeral of the late Anne Patterson will take place at the Hurlitt Crematorium this Friday, the 2nd of February at 3pm. Please continue to keep Anne's family in your prayers. These are all our intimations. The psalmist wrote, Praise the Lord. With all my heart, I will thank the Lord in the assembly of his people. In all he does, he is faithful and just. All his commands are dependable. He made an eternal covenant with his people. Holy and mighty is he. He is to be praised forever. 
So let us praise the Lord by standing, if able, to sing hymn number 184. Sing to the Lord a joyful song, hymn number 184. morning at the beginning of a new week, hardly believing that already we're on the last Sunday of January. We're delighted to see the days slowly lengthening and the bulbs pushing up through the sodden earth. We're glad too that the storms of the last week seem to be past and conscious of the aftermath of the storms and we pray for those most affected, whether that be those who've suffered damage to homes or businesses or those who've been providing support. Lord, we know that we don't always love others as you love us. We don't see others as you see them, following the way you call us, or invite others to come and meet you as we should. Help us always to be open to the needs of others and to look for ways to offer support and do what Jesus would have us do. 
Thank you for your promise that where two or three are gathered, you're there in the midst. Lord, we welcome you among us today and celebrate the gift of life you've given to each of us. This morning, we especially ask that you open our ears that we hear your voice, open our minds that we receive your wisdom, open our spirit that we know your leading and your guidance, and open our hearts that we receive your wonderful love. We ask all of this in the name of your Son, who taught his disciples to pray using these words, Our Father, who art in heaven, first reading this morning is from the Old Testament, from Deuteronomy, chapter 18, verses 15 to 20, and this morning I'm using the New International Version. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him, for this is what you asked of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly, when you said, let us not hear the, vo the voice of the Lord our God, nor see this great fire any more, or we will die. The Lord said to me, what they say is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among the, their fellow Israelites, and I will put my words in his mouth. He will tell them everything I command him. I myself will call to account anyone who does not listen to my words that the prophet speaks in my name. But a prophet who presumes to speak in my name anything that I have not commanded, or a prophet who speaks in the name of other gods, is to be put to death. Amen. Thank you, Jan. Before we hear our gospel reading, let me share something with you. It's called The Teacher. Now, most of you know for many years I taught, and occasionally, just occasionally, this would happen. A fight would break out and the pals would gather round to watch. Listen. The crowds gathered in a circle around the two boys. And before I could see what was happening, the crowds were shouting, fight, fight, fight. But before I could join in, the teacher said, there is nothing to see here, move along now. People were frightened of Martha. She would suddenly start shouting and throwing things and running about in a frenzy. And the teacher said, there's nothing to see here. Martha, quieten down. And Martha quieted down and we moved along to do our own things. There were crowds of people, hungry people, needy people. And the teacher said, feed them. And the followers said they had nothing to give them. And the teacher said, feed them. A boy offered some bread and fish and everyone got fed. There was more stuff left over than they'd started with. And the teacher said, it is time to move on. And we did. People listen when the teacher speaks. People change when the teacher speaks. People are fed and loved when the teacher speaks. And the teacher's name is Jesus. What a teacher. What an example to follow. What he says goes. So listen to the teacher 
Feel his words touch, change and transform you. So let's now hear our gospel reading. And that gospel reading comes from Mark chapter 1, verses 21 to 28. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching, because he taught them as one who had authority, not as teachers of the law. Just then, a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching and with authority. He even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. Amen, and may God bless to our understanding these readings from his most holy word. And now let's sing again, this time in hymn 782 from CH4, Lord of Life, we come to you. which Jan read for us can almost be split into two parts. The first two verses where we heard of Jesus going into the synagogue to teach and the people being astounded at this man who taught with authority. Teaching in the conventional sense. But listen to the words of Nick Fawcett. What was it that made his teaching so special? I've asked myself that time and time again and still struggle to answer it fully. Yet there's no doubt he had an impact unlike any other. His words holding us mesmerized to the point that we'd have sat all day listening to him and still come back for more. It wasn't just the way he expressed himself, eloquent though he was, not his voice or manner, such things in a way were incidental. It was more the conviction with which he spoke, the sense of assurance that radiated from him as though he were directly in touch with God. Not just interpreting his message, but hearing it firsthand and passing it on. He believed in what he said, and more important, he acted upon it. His words ringing true because he practiced 
what he preached, the man and the message as one. Yet here's the strange thing, though he taught with such authority, there was no arrogance about him, no tub thumping or intolerance, still less any sense of holier than thou. Rather, he exuded love, gentleness, compassion, humility, his concern so evidently being for us rather than himself. The scribes and Pharisees are sincere enough, I know that, explaining the scriptures as best they can. But this man, this man was different, bringing faith to life in a way I've never known before. Not just speaking God's word, but making it real among us. Almost, you might say, giving it flesh. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, help us to hear your voice, not just in the words of scripture, but in moments of prayer, times of fellowship, the beauty of nature and the events of life. Help us in all the uncertainties of this world to hear you speaking and in your message of love and compassion to recognise the word of life, humble yet of true authority. Amen. We continue in our worship by singing hymn 718, We Cannot Measure How You Heal, hymn number 718.
as we said, Jesus taught with authority. And this is what stood out for his hearers in the synagogue. He read the familiar words as if he truly believed them, giving a new clarity and relevance to the scriptures that was lacking in the tired, predictable teaching of the scribes. I suppose that politicians and preachers alike would love to know what special techniques Jesus employed to have such an effect. But the point is, however, that this wasn't just rhetorical technique. It was the real thing. For Jesus, Jesus taught by example, not just telling people what to do, but showing it, demonstrating it, demonstrating his healing power. And as we heard in the second part of the gospel reading, while teaching in the synagogue, Jesus was interrupted by a demon-possessed man. Today, we struggle with the ideas of demons and often ascribe such happenings to mental illness. But no matter what, the man in the synagogue was in difficulty. This man, with, as it said in the Bible, the unclean spirit, would have been a threat to order and authority. Unpredictable, non-conforming, shouting out, disruptive. He was perhaps well known around the town of Capernaum because he was different. And because he was different, he may well have been ignored, shunned, ostracised in that community. And yet somehow this day, he came into the synagogue and disrupted worship. While Jesus was there, Jesus spoke to the people, but he not only spoke that day, he took action. He dealt with the man and he restored him. Jesus' actions gave credence to his words. And in doing so, he both challenged the received order, engaging the man, the man who was chaotic and difficult and therefore marginalized, and he transformed it. He transformed it by healing the man in some way so that people in his actions recognized a new authority. The words that follow are perhaps the reflections of the man healed by Jesus. All the time I heard them, those voices of mine, harsh, cruel, mocking voices, voices that urged me to cry out at all solemn moments in worship, to challenge and besmirch anything that was good or wholesome, to laugh in derision when the name of God was mentioned to pour out foul blasphemies in prayer. So I stopped attending the synagogue. But even this gave me no rest, for whenever I walked by the lake shore, they said, throw yourself in. When I approached a fire, they told me to seize a burning coal in my bare hands. I still bear the scars from when in obedience to their orders, I slashed myself with a knife or beat my head upon a rock. Terrifying though the voices were, the pictures were worse. All kinds of vile and disgusting images paraded themselves before my eyes. Anything that was beautiful, loving or pure was foully distorted. Even when I shut my eyes, I could not rid myself of these apparitions. At night, I'd wake up screaming in terror. Sleep was no escape. I was in hell. 
The voices and the pictures grew to such intensity that they marred my features to such an extent that people shunned and cursed me, crossing their fingers to ward off the evil eye. Young lads, they hurled stones and insults at me, and mothers, mothers hid their toddlers behind their skirts if they saw me. I was in despair, for they did not understand how I longed for a kind word, a friendly smile, and a reassuring squeeze of the hand. As I've already said, I no longer went to the synagogue. That was much to the village's relief, but not to mine. My inner tormentor still plagued me and howled their obscenities in my ears whenever I approached the building. But that Sabbath, that Sabbath was different. I had heard that this carpenter turned preacher had come to Capernaum. He would preach in the synagogue, they said. Even in those early days, stories were circulating about him. All agreed he was a healer, and that when he spoke of God, it was as if he knew him personally. They even said he could cast out demons. Well, I don't know how, but I managed to get myself into the synagogue. But although it was packed, I didn't find any difficulty in getting a place. People shrank from me as though I was a leper. With a supreme effort, I managed to suppress my voices and focus on the speaker. He seemed an ordinary man, but there was something compelling about the way he spoke. He hadn't preached long when a shriek rent the air. It was me. It was me. I was standing up and screaming, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, God's Holy One. There was a terrified silence as the congregation quaked in alarm. A couple of burly fishermen moved to throw me out. But before they reached me, Jesus spoke. Be silent, he commanded. Leave him and let him go. I felt as though my body was being torn apart and all the hosts of hell were shrieking in my ears. I thought I was going to die. I cried out in terror and fell to the ground. And then the blackness passed. Exhausted and lying on the floor, I felt for the first time a deep inner peace welling up inside me. I was free. I was free. And there he was, stretching out his hands, lifting me up and clasping me to himself. No longer do I fear the terror of the night. No longer do I hear those voices. They are shadows of the past, powerless and ineffectual. I can sing, I can smile, I can laugh, I can pray. I am beginning to make friends, to be accepted in my community, not dreaded. He gave me back my life. In one respect, my demons spoke true. He is the Holy One of God. Perhaps the thoughts 
of that man that day in the synagogue. But for us in the 21st century, the idea of evil spirits, of demons, is challenging. In the time of Jesus, the whole world strongly believed in demons and devils. Today, today maybe we simply need to let our questions, our doubts rest in Jesus. Let them rest in Jesus, the new authority, the Son of God, the Holy One of God. Let our doubts rest in him and accept that he brings healing and new life in a way that is beyond our comprehension. For that is what he does. Jesus heals and restores and makes new. And he offers that to each one of us. And I know that we struggle sometimes with the idea of asking for healing and praying for healing. And only this morning I read in the Herald of criticisms of Jason Leach, the National Clinical Director. The criticisms were for him because he went online at an online prayer meeting near the start of COVID in March 2021. And in that prayer meeting, asked for God's guidance, praying, teach us, teach us how to respond. Show us the direction we should go in. He went on to pray for healing, praying for those who are sick tonight, those who are, intensive, are in intensive care, those who are at home feeling unwell, and we pray a measure of healing on them. His critics, his critics suggest that his position, his job, should be separate from his faith, that as National Clinical Director, he had no place to pray for healing. But surely, surely our faith permeates everything that we do and say. Surely our faith has to permeate everything we do and say and all that we are. So do not let us be afraid to pray for healing. To pray for healing of body, mind or spirit. Healing through the God-given skills, knowledge and talents of health professionals or the miraculous healing of God himself. For God is the ultimate healer. He makes each and every one of us whole. Amen. For me, we're going to, the next hymn tells of our incomprehension in the face of illness of body, mind or spirit. It's a new hymn and it's printed in the order of service, but it's sung to the tune that we all know, the tune of O God, Our Help in Ages Past. The praise item is, O God, we rage at hurtful things beyond our own control. So let's stand if able to join in this
And now our worship continues as the choir sing the anthem during which our offerings will be brought forward. Thank you, choir, and thank you, Alan. Let's now dedicate our offerings in prayer. <coughs> Generous God, giver of life and full of grace and mercy, we come humbly before you and present our offerings of time, talents, and money. Take them, use them for the building of your kingdom. May they enable your word to be spread far and wide for everyone to hear. And Lord, at this time, we ask your blessing on all the hats, scarves, gloves and socks so generously given. May they go with love to wrap their recipients in warmth and love. All this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. And let's bring to God our prayers of thanksgiving and for others. Lord God, we thank you for the freedom to worship and praise your holy name. 
We thank you, Lord, that you came into the world to teach and preach and lead by example. We thank you for your teaching shared through the word of scripture. Here in this place, we may gather freely and share in fellowship one with another, part of your worldwide family, the church. As we gather, we realize that not everyone has this freedom. And so we pray for countries where Christians are persecuted for their belief. We pray too for this country where people are criticized when they pray in public to you. We thank you for families and for friendships, long-standing friendships and new friendships. You have created us for love. And yet we live in a world where at times it seems as if love, respect and care for one another is sadly lacking. So let us pray for the world. We pray for politicians at local and national levels. Grant them wisdom and compassion that this world may become a better place. A place more aligned with your teachings. We pray that politicians and government officials may enjoy the freedom to praise and pray and worship you. We pray for places of conflict and times of war. We remember the peoples of Ukraine and Russia, Israel and Palestine, Yemen, the Red Sea, so many places, Lord, so many people tearing one another apart tearing their countries apart. We pray for places where people are hungry and live in poverty. People around the world and people here in this town and country. We pray for places where homes are lost through flooding and natural disasters. We pray, Lord, for families divided by fear, by violence, around the world, in our community and in our neighbourhoods. We pray for our families and friends, those ill and recovering, those awaiting tests or test results or treatment, those who are anxious and afraid, those who are approaching the end of this earthly life and those who journey alongside them. We pray for those who mourn the loss of a beloved family member or friend or neighbour. We pray for those named on our prayer requests. In a moment of silence, we lay these prayers before you. Lord, we thank you that you hear our prayers. We pray for ourselves, for this congregation of Paisley St George's. We pray for the nominating committee that you would make known to them your chosen minister. We pray that through the power and strength of your Holy Spirit, 
we would continue to love and serve you in this parish and in our communities. All of this we ask in the name of our risen Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. As we worship our next hymn, I hope that the youngsters will join us from the Ice Cream Sunday, bringing with them some of the crafts that they've been doing so that they can tell us about that. But we're going to sing hymn number 360, Jesus Christ is Waiting. And the third verse of that in particular ties in to what we've been thinking about this morning. But we stand to sing hymn number 360, Jesus Christ is Waiting.
I've obviously been a bit on the short side. Oh, perfect timing, but they're still eating their ice creams. Just makes me jealous, but never mind. Good to see you, Miller. Just drying, all right, okay. Oh. Hi, Ben. Wow. Oh. You don't know where to put that. Let's see if we can find somewhere that's on a string. Will we hang it on here? Well, if we're careful and we put it so that the plane back is to there, I think we should be safe enough. What do you think? How's that? So you've been making things this morning. What have you been making? Suncatchers. Sun so hanging that one there is not really going to do any good, is it? Because it's not going to catch any sun. Where would be a better place to hang it, Alexander? At a window, yeah. Oh, I know. So have you all got one? Yes. So you're going to take them home and hang them at your window? Mm -hmm. Excellent. And do you think, I think these will look absolutely fantastic. So you've got a knight, is it? Uh-huh. Who did that one? Who did that one, Ben? Who did the beautiful flower one? Freya. And what, is it a fox? You did that, Miller. Where's, is yours still through next door drying? And where's yours, Hayley, through next door drying? Uh-huh, okay. I'll need to see them later. What did you do? A penguin. Oh, wow. What's yours, Hayley? It was a shooting star. A shooting star, right. So we've got all sorts of things. We've got flowers, we've got animals from the, the South Pole. Let me get it right. Penguins come from the South Pole. Yep. Right to the fox that might be in our garden to the night who in the past would have protected people. All sorts of interesting things. Have you had good fun? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I didn't hear that, I didn't hear that. <coughs> what was the best bit about this morning? You only did the painting, so it was one thing. So the painting was the best thing, not the ice cream? <coughs> you didn't have ice cream? You don't like ice cream? That's fine. That's what's great. We're all made differently. We've all got different likes and dislikes. And no matter what we like or dislike, do you know something? God loves us all. That's the important thing, that God loves us all, whether we like ice cream or whether we don't like ice cream, whether we choose to paint a night or a flower. God loves us all. And so many of the things you've painted have been created by God. And we've been blessed with these things and given the trust to look after them. But remember, important thing, God loves us all. And because he loves us all, we are meant to go and tell other people. So we're going to sing our closing hymn. It's from the little St. George's Praise book. It's Go Tell It on the Mountain, and it's number 81. Okay, so thank you for showing us your beautiful sun catchers. And I look forward They'll be good to see on windows. If any of you are good with phones, you could maybe let me see a photograph of your sun catcher on your window at home. Would that be possible? You think so? Right. But let's stand and sing Go Tell It on the Mountain, number 81. <laughs>
over the hills and everywhere. Go, tell it in the schools, the cafes, the shops. Go, tell it in Paisley, in Glasgow, in Renfrewshire. Go, tell it everywhere that Jesus is his name. The blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and all those whom you love this day and forevermore. Thank you.